The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. Here's the message for the episode and we're going to ram it down your throat until you gag. And Michael Lucas. Because that's where I turn for nuance. I go straight to Twitter. This is Emsolation. Was there anything more insulting than, you know, if you went to school and you wet your pants or something and you had to wear lost property clothes? Oh, the shame. Shame. (laughs) You're in Emsolation. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, and together with my best friend since I was 11, Australian screenwriter, actor, Logie and Augie award winner, Mr. Mike Lucas, I bring you this podcast every Thursday. Hello. How are you? In this episode, you're going to hear us discuss at length the Bluey episode that has divided the universe. Can you believe the internet is not allowing for a nuanced, layered and sensitive discussion around this issue? I speak of the fact that it has been slammed, the beloved show has been slammed, not slammed, and it's just been kind of pulled up on the first 20 seconds of its latest episode around diet culture. And so that led us to talk about being raised by boomers. And if you have a parent who is in that generation, you will have your own relationship with diet culture. We also talk about the infamous night that we hung out with the cast of Glee. So many of you have demanded this story. I have no recollection of it for various trauma-related reasons. Michael was able to give you the blow-by-blow And we also managed to fall upon promoting Michael's husband's latest show. We didn't mean to. I'm looking for something new to watch on telly. I feel adrift. I'm lost. And I need something to latch onto. And Michael had a suggestion that, look, what a dink you'll hear. I'm going to keep this intro short because it's a nice long old ep. Please enjoy. Thank you for being here. Play the music. Michael Lucas, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for your kind welcome. <laughs> what? You're wearing a themed T-shirt. Yeah. It says Leisure Centre. That's right. Mm. We had a, a local Leisure Centre, Eltham Leisure Centre. We did. What a mecca it was. Mm. What a yeasty, mouldy, like pebble, concreted 
moist environment. It was. It was also... It's moist. It should just be the moist centre. Everything was wet. That's right. The air was particularly pungent. Yes. It was also a 25-metre pool and that was the pool... Indoors! ...where I didn't... I forgot to factor in that it was 25 metres and I thought I'd broken Ian Thorpe's world record. Remember that? No, sorry, Grand Hackett's. <laughs> I thought I'd done the 1,500 metres in world record time and didn't realise I was swimming in a pool half the way. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I recall. But it's had an upgrade. It has had an upgrade. It's less moist. Okay, that's good. I did so, I did so many Les Mills classes there. Oh, mate. The thing is, when you go there during the day, it's just a different... The whole community is hairy old dudes. Is it? So many hairy old dudes. And they they come. I got into an argument with one of them because I was there doing my back rehab, and they've got a big kind of a big area of a pool. What are they called? The hydro pool, where it's a bit mm, warmer. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they come out of the sauna, then they get straight in the pool. Oh, so there's maximum sweat like, going in there. Excuse me, sir. You shower down. Pre shower. Yeah. There's like a sign. Yeah. You just I just point to the sign. Mm. Like, ugh, ugh. And, the, and they all they get they get they go they go sauna straight into spa, then just to perk, just to slow cook themselves a bit more, <laughs> they don't give a fuck and then mm. they get into the pool next to you and I can see it's like pea and ham soup. It's mm. like bacon bone just coming off it's the It's old man <laughs> broth. <laughs> <laughs> I like an old man broth for lunch. <laughs> Thank you, Gwyneth. But I used to work in pools, obviously. So that whole <laughs> environment. Um, not obvious, but continue. Yeah, I mean, working pools are such a <laughs> my brain assumes knowledge. I was a I was a swimming teacher, at a, yeah. a, and I wrote about it in my book, and I've spoken about it before. But the the under the seedy world of indoor pools could be a mockumentary series. Mm. So much goes on. So many inappropriate conversations have to happen, and oftentimes teenage lifeguards are getting in between women fighting over water aerobics classes and who had which lane first. Yeah. And uh, so many times you are having to really break up arguments between old people over the pettiest things, so obviously a job I was born to do. Yeah. But I remember having to turn the public spa off at the end of my shift. Is this why you can't have baths to this day? (laughs) I saw what a day of just marinating human skin did. Mm. And you'd flick off the bubbles Mm. and then everything would just settle. Oh, and you'd really, then it all would be revealed. The thing that used to blow my mind is sometimes I would find like a condom. And I'm like, what are the logistics of having sex in a public, in a spa, full stop, even Mm. if it's at your house? Mm, mm. But condom going to do, I, I mean, I'm not a climate scientist, but what is a condom doing in warm water like anyway? You'd think enterprising sperm would be able to just flow out everywhere. I, I feel like it's the ultimate environment. Is They'd it- have a hard battle. There's a lot of chlorine in that water. I mean, I'd be interested to know. I tell, And I've written about this and spoke about this. The hardest job I ever had to do was a lovely old man used to come in. I worked to the Reservoir Leisure Centre mm. and he used to come in every morning without fail for a swim but he unfortunately would wear swimming trunks that didn't cover. Too exposing. Yes. And eventually I got to do the short straw after we got so many complaints. <laughs> Perfect and, woman for the job. Well, I had to talk, I had to um, ask him because it was just one ball would drop out, one ball as he would get out from his laps and he would like do his old man stretches and would just be like, oh, yeah. Can't make the noise in my mouth. Uh, and it was like, you go. And I don't know. This, you can tell it was a, it was the nineties. The sixteen year old, yes, <laughs> was sent to such talk an to appropriate eighty year old. How did you phrase it? Like, oh, Gerald, um, look, you might need to think about getting some new bathers. 
Right. I think in the end we gave him some from Lost Property, from memory. Yeah. And he wore those Lost Property bathers. Mm. Was there anything more insulting than, you know, if you went to school and you wet your pants or something and you had to wear Lost Property clothes? Oh, the shame. Shame. (laughs) Absolutely. Elio came home in a Lost Property (gasps) T-shirt the other day. I was like, what happened? (gasps) What happened? A T-shirt, though. A T-shirt, yeah. And he's like, oh, I spilt something. And I was like, okay. But still, I just realised I was having an acid flashback to the shame of a Lost Property (laughs) T-shirt. I'd honestly rather walk around topless in primary school than have to wear. (laughs) Anyway, why are we talking about the legend? Oh, yes. So. Bluey. Okay, let's talk about Bluey. Now, new apps of Bluey are dropping, and I can tell you, so exciting, because I have been watching the same episode. Forever and ever. And also, Bluey is the number one television show on Australian TV, not kids' show, of all shows. And I feel like it deserves a moment. For years, all the executives said, all we can do is reality TV. It's the only thing that writes. Bluey is thrashing them. And reality TV now, all of the Legos and your celebrities and your farmers wants a wives and everything like that, they're all being lapped by Bluey. And, in fact, even by things like Australian Story, like reality, touch wood, could be on the way out. Not yeah. that it hasn't given us some beautiful things such as your public exposure. <laughs> Thanks, babes. And also, a season of Bluey takes, people don't understand, I think I read and I want to make sure of this, one episode takes three or four months. Yeah, it sounds right. I think it was some, or it could have even been six, but I know it's not just to like just draw a few frames and get no. some voices. It is way harder to make Bluey than it is to make maths, put it that way. Yes, and so we get a date, we're excited, new eps, because I can really recite every other ep word perfect. Yeah. And um, Exercise is the name of the latest ep. Mm. And um, look, the opening scenes of Exercise have, to be honest, divided the internet. Mm. I've never seen anything like this. And I want to... Certainly s- not with Bluey. No. Unimpeachable Bluey. Mm, and it, this show, it does, it gets it right. Yeah. It just does. You can't. It's unimpeachable. And so I was watching it with everyone else the second it dropped, and mm. I'm sitting there and I watched the opening scenes, and I felt like, Ugh. oh, and I questioned myself because I know that I have like a very sensitive kind of radar to mm, things, and mm. I'm like, oh, you know. And then the rest of the show was great, and you know, I, I sat and I mulled over it, and then I started noticing comments coming through from people that I respect. Mm. questioning the same thing I questioned. So basically Bandit, Bluey's dad, is getting ready for work. Uh, He's brushing his teeth and he goes over and he weighs himself. Oh, man. Obviously displeased with the number. Unbeknownst to him, Bluey is in the bathtub and pops up. What? And she says... Why did you say, oh, man? After what what happened and he just said... I just need to do some exercise. Mm -hmm. Clearly unhappy with his weight. Chili... The mum comes in, weighs herself, same reaction. Also, Bandit is grabbing his stomach, the yeah. skin on his stomach. Yeah. Some people are saying it's fine. This is an accurate depiction of real life. Oh, and it was me just this morning without the kids. Yeah. And then others are saying it's a potentially harmful message to send to kids who are starting, you know, kids start forming an idea of body image around four, which is Elio's age. Mm. And it's a potential kind of, it's, it's pretty harmful to equate exercise with weight loss to begin with, to be shaming your own body in front of your kids, to be shaming your own body full stop from a show that is beloved. Mm. And as usual, the internet is not allowing for nuance on this topic. It's going to shock you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where I turn for nuance. Yeah. I go straight to Twitter. Because it's doing, it, it's both. You know what I'm saying? It is an accurate depiction of real life, 100%. Mm. 
but it is also, I think, fat phobic. I just think it could have easily been nipped in the bud if Bandit was just feeling a bit flat, or which is a bit sad. I feel like you could have, and I'm <laughs> just thinking this now, but it could have been something like he's out of puff when he's going up the stairs. Yeah. What about that? Yeah, fitness. Like just going my heart, lung, endurance. Because it's also, it reminds me of, it feels like just yesterday, Taylor Swift had to re-edit that video clip Correct. where she stood on the scales and the scales said fat. Yeah. That was not great. No. I mean, that was much worse. Much yes. worse. And she swiftly. <coughs> but never mentioned it. No. <laughs> You'll notice. No. Took it out of the film. Smart, clip. I think. Never From her it. perspective. But I think, you know, the, the Bluey fandom is hardcore. They're, they're as hardcore as Swifties and Stylers, I'll tell you right now. Really? I've, I'm labelling them the healers. Okay, let's just, the Bluey fandom from now on, I will call you, the collective noun is the healers. I'm a healer. Oh, nice, okay. I'm a healer. I but, think, it, but that's slightly terrifying because it sounds evangelical. <laughs> which they are. And anytime criticism is levelled at this show, and it's only happened probably two or three times, another time it happened around racial diversity. Yeah. And also there's a lot of uh, disabled groups are calling for one of the characters, Jack, who's a Jack Russell, clearly has ADHD, but it's never spoken about. So there's oh, also okay. been a bit of conversation around, wouldn't it be great if Bluey had some disabled friends? Yeah. And any time that stuff comes up, there's a panic. A re- I can sense it. I sense the, the panic from the parents thinking, well, if this is the first domino that goes down against this show and this show gets cancelled, what the fuck am I going to do? What are my kids going to watch? How am I going to get a break? I sense it. I see you. I feel you. I see you. <laughs> it also must be specially intense. Like with Harry Potter, if it's a part of your children's childhood and something your family shares yeah. together, mm. so much is invested in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand and I can see it. And people are going at it online. Parents are turning on parents. It's hectic. But I just want everyone to remember this show does get it right 99.9% of the time. And important to point out, the rest of the episode, fantastic. It talks about incorporating kids with your exercise because it is hard to find time to exercise. The doctor says to Bandit, hey, you seem really healthy. Doesn't talk about the way he's looking or, you know, no physical comments whatsoever. It's Absolutely 99.9% perfect. It's just that first 10 seconds. And in the scheme of things, is this one episode going to give four-year-olds eating disorders? No. <laughs> Think but, what we grew up uh, Well, that's, yeah. But it's death by a thousand cuts. Mm. It's chink in the armour because there's so many messages coming at our kids mm. about how they should and shouldn't look mm-hmm. that I think if we let this one slide, just this mm. tiny line, oh, it doesn't matter. Who cares? It's a great show. It is a great show. So we hold it to a higher standard. So if you're kind of hearing all this discussion around it, thinking, oh, it's an overreaction, Bluey's great, I just ask you to pause and know that both of those things can exist. Bluey is great, but I believe Bluey got it wrong in the first 20 seconds. Mm. And on the scheme of things for a television show, (laughs) we can recover. (laughs) Bluey's okay. Yes. Don't panic. (laughs) It's going to be okay, healers. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) My reaction to it when I was watching it was every time I – because obviously I'm not a regular viewer. I mean, a lot of adults do just watch it with their kids because it is fantastic. But if I watch it, I do, I am dazzled at how natural that family sounds, how natural those kids are. And I just read it instantly as, yeah, this this would be happening in most, most bathrooms in Australia, wouldn't it? Or do you reckon parents are more mindful? I think what I think, if we're going to go deeply psychological, I think it triggered a lot of parents. Because they know they do it. Mm-hmm. And they felt shame around it. Yeah. Because I would, I would never, my house is positive body space. Mm. We do not speak in terms of body. My kids have always been told, you look strong. You look great. Mm. Like, it's just very, I've never said the words, you look thin or slim or nothing like that to my girls. It's mm-hmm. just, we just don't do that. And there's mm. not even, there's no scales in my house. None. Mm. So I think, but I think in a lot of households, 
parents may have felt called out. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, and when they started seeing the negative stuff around it, going, "Oh shit, I do this," and that's okay if you do it. Stop. You can stop right now. Mm. And I, I do believe, you know, it. I think it's troubling enough to bring up, and I also hope that it starts a conversation within parents and between parents, thinking about the way you talk about yourself and the way you model yourself is your kid's first kind of exposure to that relationship with self. And we had, we were raised by boomers. Oh, yeah. And, like, my first favourite storybook, The Hippopotamus is on the Roof Eating Cake, Mm. when they're sitting around at the dinner table, mum's having a salad. That's written down on the page. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to establish these differentiations early. Like, literally, we sit down to dinner, we we eat whatever they're eating, mum's having a salad. And it's Mm. like, oh. And it never, it never hit me until I went back to read that book to Elio. And I was like, oh, oh, mum with her sad bit of iceberg. It's practically once upon a time, <laughs> the best women stayed thin. And that's still the case today. Pretty much. <laughs> because for me, in the 80s, especially the diet culture with our mums, a diet was, you know what, tomorrow the diet starts. Like it was a positive thing. I'm taking control of my life. I'm starting a diet. <laughs> Now it's lifestyle change. I'm making a lifestyle change. I'm doing some self-care. But a diet meant, well, I, that's it. I, I'm just going to say I still think there's some pretty strong diet culture in this world But we world don't use today. the word, is my point. The word diet is dirty. We just I, have found other ways around Every it. time I'm on Facebook, I see ads for, like, the different, like, you know, 16, mm. 9, like, 5, 2, all of those various different things. Like, I'm flooded with ads mm. with it all the time. Mm. But paleo, um, fucking all the different kinds of intermittent fasting and all these sort of things constantly. It's the mm. biggest thing. They must know. They must know. 98% know of diets right. fail. See, my mum actually was, I think our mums were both kind of obsessed with well, weight. I feel like any mum in the 80s was obsessed with weight. If you had a mum who had a healthy body image, she was the exception. A rare, <laughs> a rare one. Yeah, my mum was not prone to fad diets, but thinness was really important to her. Mm. And she would, she basically was militant about eating healthily and she got lots of exercise. She walked the dogs all the time. Mm. Um, but I was prone to being a bit hefty as a child. Oh, it's true. And look, there may have been yeah. a time. Yeah. It's okay. When she turned to me. Oh, no. <laughs> looked at me askance and said, when's the baby due? <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. And look, am I isolating the single probably wobblies moment? Oh, <laughs> no. By and large... She encouraged healthy eating, vegetables, fruit, you know, prompted me to exercise and all those sort of things. She was generally pretty good, but she did in that moment. And what a sentence to bring in shaming on so many levels, to bring in weird gender stuff into it. It really did the trick. I'm still living in the blow up. I know. I. (laughs) And I also got cast as Peter Pan. And she did say something like, well, they're going to need a strong rig to get you flying. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I, okay. (laughs) Um, Jenny certainly never said anything like that to us. Jenny was more doing it to herself. Yeah. But also for me, 
I wonder you eat soup oh, for look, dinner every day. Jesus I do. Christ. I eat soup too. No, I am the I am Bluey's dad on the on the I'm on the scales every morning going, oh man. I don't want to know. <laughs> I put on five kilos if I don't have water the day before. My weight fluctuates so much. Yeah, it is I, mental. I don't I don't want to know. I don't want to swear. Everything I wear is lycra. It just goes with me. I'll never know. <laughs> I do. For me, I have had disordered eating and I've only just started kind of talking to my girls about this because it's a hard, you know, I've got so many other things I'm trying to fucking deal with. But I've had a bad relationship with food since I was about eight and it was getting right into kind of elite athletics and I had mm. to weigh a certain amount to race. It was 55 kilos, right, mm. which is really not much. Mm. And I just... Now I know because I'm autistic and ADHD, I became obsessed with that number. And if I wasn't in, if I was over that number, then I would get really upset that I've broken the rules and I've got to get to that exact number. And I had to be 55 on the knocker. Like it couldn't, it couldn't be 50. Jesus. Not from my coaches, from me. Mm-hmm. But I would get pinched, fat tested, but if, you know, I'd get weighed. And so I would, especially Easter. And I noticed myself, I get anxious around Easter and Christmas because I know that there's going to be lots of chocolate around and I know I have food impulse control issues and I felt myself feeling anxious at Easter and then I kind of was talking to Scott about it and I said, I realised it's because I was always on a diet to be a certain weight for athletics that I would get anxious around times that were centred around food because, you know, I'm Italian, so you eat. Mm, <laughs> and, mm, just, mm. And, and, I, and I also I would want to because I would have been starving myself mm. for the week leading into it. Mm. So I just, I've had such an unhealthy relationship with food and even now especially because I'm autistic, I can only eat certain foods that make me, that are safe. Mm. So it's really, my relationship with food is so toxic and I'm, and I was talking to my daughters about it because they're really, they're fine and I'm Mm. grateful for that. The girls have a great relationship with food and their body image is that of, you know, 21 and 16 year old girls, but we openly talk about what's achievable and both of them do, you know, they they do what they can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of people our age that if they really thought about it, and no wonder this episode of Bluey is triggering mm, mm. because we've grown up both in extreme diet culture and our mothers kind of falling victim to it, but also now we're aware of how we should be parenting and how we need to be positive body image and we don't want to scar our kids mm. and how diet is and everything and we want to we want to embrace our bodies. There's no such thing as good and bad bodies, <laughs> you know? And we're so, meant to be the corrective generation. <laughs> well, we, we are on so many fronts. And as a result, we have spent our entire lives completely self-conscious we're about mess. everything we eat and also how we talk about what we eat. Thank you. And parenting <laughs> because our parents didn't give a shit. They were off having orgies at Trivial Pursuit parties, keys in the bowls. We were <laughs> Sleeping <laughs> under pool tables, eating cheese twisties for dinner. Like, the, the boomers, I I would go riding for three days. My parents would have no idea. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I've got, I track my children. I, I've got chips in them. Mm. Like, so, And we're the first parents to be parenting kids who've only known social media. Like, mm. what? What? How will his, how, history has its eyes on me right now, Michael. History has its eyes <laughs> on me. How will history judge the first generation of parents who parented the Zeds? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's the it's it's the parenting equivalent of a pentathlon or something like that. (laughs) Anyway, if you love that bluey episode and you don't have a problem with it, that's okay. If you love that bluey episode but you do have a problem with the first twenty seconds, also okay. I think we need to be able to have conversations and understand that we're not going to cancel this show because maybe it upset a few people. Mm. Get curious. Get curious as to why it triggered you or, or it didn't. But it's all right, healers. 
I'll see you. Can you can you actually exercise with little kids the, effectively no, the way that he that's does? That's my issue with the episode. Yeah, well, I, that would be the thing that I would bring up because I was looking at going, gee, it's beautiful to think I could just be lifting no. kids up and down like a lift for a little Absolutely bit and not. that might be the workout I need. I don't know that they'd cooperate. My main problem with Bluey... I would love to see you and Elio attempt to do some sort of workout like that. I, I... You've seen us together. <laughs> Those fucking kids, they get run of the house too much. Not in my fucking... Not on my watch. You mean on Bluey they get run the of the house? The parents are too patient with them. Uh... <laughs> the most unrealistic thing about Bluey is how patient... Chili and Bandit are with those two girls. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Bluey episode where little Bluey goes up to his dad and says, Dad, I'm going to call the police and put you in jail. <laughs> I want an episode where the uh, outrageous Italian aunt comes to visit and if um, those kids say, if, the, if she says, I'm going to go do some exercise because I'm feeling a bit flat and those kids say, hey, can I get involved? No, no. you cannot. <laughs> it's my time, you little shits. <laughs> Go up and play with your toys. I'll let you know when I am ready. <laughs> it's my time. Give us the call, ABC. I'm ready to go. <laughs> that what? show needs a hard-ass parent on there because I need to see I need to see some representation from the hard-asses <laughs> out there. I'm hard-ass. I'm loving. They need to bring in a bull terrier. <laughs> yes. I see that. Rosie the bull terrier. Rosie Ristretto. Oh, right. Do you and have a vocal like, talent in mind? Me. <laughs> no. Ruff. <laughs> Rosie Ristretto turns Even up. Even your bark was passive aggressive. <laughs> Ruff. <laughs> it's like, oh, dad's like, I've got to go to work. And the kids are like, oh, but we want to play. And mm-hmm. instead of going, no, I've got to go to work so I can put a roof over your head and put food on the table. Do you want to live outside? Do you want to live in a tent? Do you want to play now? Or do you want to be homeless? I'm going to work, you kids. <laughs> Good thing if anything happens to you, they can just get Effie or Tina Arena to play the role. Merry Christmas. Yeah. We could be a family. We could be a hot lesbian oh. couple. We could be a Greek and Italian same-sex couple, hard-ass parenting. Has mm. to be a good cop and a bad cop, though. Can't both be hard-asses. There needs to be nuance. <laughs> All I'm saying is the, my main criticism of Bluey is that there isn't a realistic hard-ass parent in there. Right. That's what I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Well. Everyone's too kind. <laughs> We have touched on this story so many times and then we were just in our patron crowdcast. If you're a patron of Emsolation, you get to join Michael and I pre-show to discuss what's going to be on the show. Mm. And one of our patrons said, please, can you in, can you talk about the story, the time you and Michael hung out with the Glee cast in Sydney? Yeah. Now, because I have trauma and I blank, I can't remember that night. And oh, I can. Good. So Michael Lucas... You will be involved in the retelling of the time we hung out with the cast of Glee in Sydney. Okay. <laughs> well, I would say it was like 2005. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I was residing in Sydney mm-hmm. in a big share house. Uh, oh, no, I was with Gypsy by that stage. I yeah, think. I was I living this in is Perth. Irrelevant. But you were a breakfast radio host. Yep. Just fact, off of was, Idol? Yes. Oh. Uh, Little bit after, a little bit after mm-hmm. Idol, and 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 you were very much at the pinnacle of your Perth breakfast radio career, mm-hmm. and at the stage when a new show launched, sometimes you would be flown over for the press junket. Yes. And at this particular stage, uh, you would get put up in a hotel, and sometimes I would go and stay. Yes. That was very exciting. <laughs> and it was for a new show called Glee that you suspected that I would like, and you had been given one episode to watch. It was not on air. It had just started in the United States. Mm-hmm. And you said, come and meet me at, I don't know, the Today FM 
offices and there's going to be sort of like a rooftop cocktail party. You'd be free drinks and there'll be all the cast there. And so I went. But it was weird because it was for a show that, like, I didn't know what it was. You barely knew what it was. I just was. knew it, it was musical and camp. Yeah. I knew that they re, they performed covers of pop songs and that was it. I'm sold. I mean, I couldn't press, like, take my money. Yeah, totally. That's all I knew. Oh, and we loved it. I mean, we loved absolutely it. loved so it. So problematic now. So problematic. Let's not think about it. No. It's best. Sometimes things are just left unexamined in the past <laughs> and is, as an example of a moment in time. Tell you what, if you think Bluey's dad doing a fat pinch <laughs> was, was had some issues, go back and watch an average episode <laughs> of Glee. But anyway, we were on that. Was, I recall it being a beautiful summer's night. Yeah. We were on the rooftop and, yeah, all the cast were there. Mm. And I got there and you were giving me a little, like, um, debrief about who you enjoyed speaking to. And I remember that um, the uh, little gay guy, Chris... Uh, Kurt? Kurt. Kurt. He played Kurt in the Kurt. show. What's his name in real life? Chris. Oh, how quickly, how right. fickle Chris, we are. Hang on a minute. It's fine. Hang on a minute. I want to say Chris Colfer, but I think he's the Leave, leave Britney Alone. Um, Kurt from Glee. Chris Colfer. I was right. You were right. There we go. Chris Colfer. Mm. He was great. He was great. He was my favourite. You loved him. In real life and on the show. Totally. Totally. Moving forward for all time. Yeah. Still is. And unimpeachable. It hasn't done awful things and is still alive, which seems to be. It seems to be. Well, I mean, that's one of the first things that we need to say. There are. Rest in peace. A lot of members of that cast that are no No longer longer with us. And that we're all there and there. And that is when I think back on it, I think about that is surreal to think how many people we were speaking to that were so young. They were like babies. Mm. And how many of them are not there? Piles of bones and dust. Ash. Leah Michelle was there, though. Yes. It was already abundantly clear that... She felt that she was above having to do this type of bullshit. (laughs) I was going to be so much more (laughs) diplomatic. All I remember was at that rooftop thing, she was a bit concerned that she was being crowded Mm -hmm. and wanted some space and everything like that. And I remember thinking, lady, you're not famous yet. No one knows who you are. If you're getting crowded, it was like, anyway. We hung out for a little bit on the rooftop and uh, we did chat to Chris Cole for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, but then we decided to peel off and have a night out as we were wont to do. Mm. And so we're roaming around the streets of Sydney. Now this is, I have a hazy memory of... Running across the street, pulling you across to go to a bar, and it was late. And yeah, I just see white cotton linen, like like a flag flowing in the breeze. I don't know why. When I think back to the time, I just get this instant image of me yanking you across a road. There was no traffic because it was in the middle of the night, and I must have been in a white slutty dress. I feel like that, that's Maybe. what I'm using. Can I just say? We didn't take pictures this night, which is so remiss. Who are we? There was why? no iPhones yet. Oh, you're right. It was pre-iPhones. Oh, my God. What a time. What a time. Nokia's. I would have had to be, like, predictive texting you. Get here, bitch. Oh, my God. It would take me 20 million. You should have seen me trying to predictive text. Came to me like ransom notes. Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're out and about in Sydney, and then we just run into them. There's a group of them, not with Leah Michelle anymore. Mm -mm. She'd peeled off. What a shock. But there was a group of them that were roaming out and then they they called out. They were like, hey. And they obviously, I think, I like to think because you were one of the younger, cooler Thanks, ones, yeah. they, you really stood out to them. Yeah. And I do remember Chris Colfer really gravitated towards you and, the, and they sort of said, we're looking for a place to go. Mm. Like, do you know anywhere? And then you were like, he lives in Sydney. What do you think? I've never felt more pressure <laughs> in my entire <laughs> life. <Okay>. I know. <laughs> And we were, I remember we were in right in the CBD. I don't know what we were, I don't know why we were there. But anyway, 
Uh, all I remembered was that there was a bar on top of establishment that mm. was like a very classy, like I'd been there as Baz Luhrmann's assistant, so I thought, well, let's just go there. It was actually a bad choice. But anyway, we <laughs> caught a lift and we went up and it was sort of like we got given an area and they and we ordered all these cocktails and everything like that. It was actually was a very, very classy sort of bar. We were sitting there chatting mostly to Chris mm. and also who was... <laughs> I just need to get out. This is a. <laughs> I just need to look up Glee Car so I can remember. Um, you got it. Oh yeah, I've got them all here. Okay. Amber Riley. Oh, babe. Yes. She was. Um, she Amazing. She was fantastic, and she was talking Still about. Is. Yeah, she was talking about they just gone to air in the states, so I feel really excited about it. I remember. Um, Mark Selling, who is another one. Yeah, I know. He played Puck. Yeah. And, mm, yeah, was, anyway, mm, Google it. No, no, uh, no, don't. Just let it, just know. That's not- I rem- I still remember you looking at him. He was sort of a bit quiet off to the hot. side and you were like going, you're, you're looking a bit too cool for school. What's going on there? And he's just sort of, I don't know. Uh, he didn't Turns want to out, engage. evil reincarnate. Corey Monteith, oh, he was he was really lovely. He had a he had a real had a bit of a stoner vibe. Yeah, but basically, as far as we were concerned, it was all about Chris Colfer and Amber Riley. And we were just chatting to them eventually, and then eventually, I have no memory of any of this. You could be making, you could say anything right now, and I wouldn't remember. It just got to a point where I was like reading the room in this bar, and I'm like, okay, this is this is far too sedate. Is it the wrong choice? And I remember Amber going, we just really we just really want to like go out and dance because. They were all like under twenty one. Yes, yeah. and so in the United States they couldn't, so yeah. they're here yeah. and they want to go out. I'm like, you okay, took them to an old game. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so did we, we go and dance? We went. We went in briefly for one song, and then we we personally left. Oh. So, but I was like, okay, okay, and then I was just like, my heart was pounding, more pressure, more pressure, and we're wandering down towards Circular Key, and I was step after step, I'm thinking, what? Where am I leading them to? This is there aren't there's nothing around there, and then thank God, like there was some pub oh and it was blasting right. Lady Gaga's oh. poker face. Oh my God. Which was like a hit of the time. Hi, yes. And and they just, it was like a clarion call. They all heard it and then we raced across the road oh. and it was like not a good pub. It oh. really wasn't. There were a lot of sort of like older men Maybe that's men the memory I'm around. having pulling you across the road. Yeah. Oh no, we were. We okay, were. We practically it. were run over by traffic. Oh, got it. But they could not have cared less. Uh, they went and ordered huge drinks. Amazing. We all went on the dance floor and I just still remember them belting away uh, to Lady Gaga and singing in unison, which was pretty amazing. And at that stage, I felt like, we okay, picked. we did it. We, we did it. We did it. And then we left, which Good. is insane. We could have stayed there no. all night dancing with them. You and, and I knew, you and I get overwrought at these things. We were only like 26, 27 ourselves. Correct. We were young people. Uh, no, but still. <laughs> we I think felt you, old. Not only that, you and I also know when, when we've, I think it could we couldn't have topped it. And I no. feel like the anxiety that it might have gotten worse or become a bad memory for That's me right. certainly would have. We wanted to get it was like we were playing roulette, we'd had a win, we we're like cashing Cut in, out. cashing yeah, in. Yeah, take it out. And they were so happy. They were happy dancing, they're having a wonderful what if night. They we wanted that away. Night? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? If if they did, if they did remember it, you might have, because it was really exciting for them as late teenagers to be able to go out in Australia and just buy drinks and I'm going to go. challenge our audience. I want to I want to challenge our audience to get in contact with Kurt. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and see if if we can like tag him enough times. This is so commercial breakfast radio of me. But I want to somehow I'll get Ben on it. All of us get on it. I'll send him a DM and be like, "Hey, 
Do you remember 20-odd years ago or whatever it was, 15, a night out in Australia in Sydney, the show, surely he would remember the show had just come out. I mean, it was the first time they'd all been to this country. Yeah. Maybe we are a hazy, joyful memory for the cast that are still alive and I not in like jail. I feel like you'd need to say you met up with one of the interviewers you went to a really sedate old person's classy <laughs> bar. They realised that was a mistake and then they took you to Maybe. a pretty... Sh- like, he would think of it as a dive bar, if he's American, a dive bar that where they were playing Lady Gaga and you were in bliss. Okay. Do you remember it? All right, let's try. I bet you he doesn't. Oh, but, but oh well, but then he again, might. he might. He might. I, I, he actually, he probably would remember the night. I don't think he'd remember us. How dare you? Maybe he'd remember you. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Gang, just a bit of a trigger warning here. We are about to discuss a TV show that central theme is around suicide and suicide prevention. So feel free to skip ahead or just know to take particular care of yourself. Before you go, I've given up on Ted Lasso. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm still watching it, but I am kind of hate watching How it. How the winds change. Season two is lame. I know, I know. Lame. Well, you know, there was a big shake-up going into season three. Good. So he, I think he demanded it. and It was lame. I don't... They've taken Roy out, who's the best thing. Like, Roy's barely in it. Roy is... I actually haven't seen season two. It's just a lot of... It's like virtue signalling. It's like, mm. here's the message for the episode and we're going to ram it down your throat until you gag. It's just too much. I, I just... I don't want the feel-good fuzzies from... Don't tell me how I'm meant to be feeling about things. Let me figure that out. And they've taken all these great characters and just kind of muzzled them. Mm. They've taken the edge off Rebecca, who's the CEO. She's not a hard bitch anymore. Mm. She's delivering presents mm. to orphans mm. on Christmas Day. I don't want her doing that. I want to see a shopping montage of her buying herself Cartier. Like, they've taken all the characters and made them nice. Are you bereft without a television show now? I am adrift in the universe. I'm free-falling. I can't watch Beef. I'm too anxious. I tried to watch Mrs. Maisel, but I'm locked out of my Amazon Prime account and, <coughs> and I don't know the password and I don't know how to get the password and I'm not signing up for a third time. So now I'm just like in this weird silent war with Amazon Prime that's my own fault. So I can't watch the new episodes of Mrs. Maisel. Mm. I can't watch... Uh, I'm doing Succession, but there's only been three yet. I know, they're drip feeding for it. What do now. I watch? What can I watch? And let me tell you what I'm wanting. This is okay. a very specific... All right, all right, all right, all right. I want something that isn't going to set off my fight or flight nervous system. Yeah. I want something that's engaging. I want something that makes me think. I want something that's warm but also has edge. I want a, an element of design and creativity. So, and it has to have, um, that has to have gay men in it, I would say, often. I want it to have a culturally diverse cast. I want to see some disability represented. Oh, my God. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. And if there's a musical element, I won't be mad. And I tried I th- to watch Schmigadoon. It was terrible. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't make a strong suggestion. This is going to look like we've set this up. No! You have a suggestion? I do. What? There's a show coming on on Thursday on Stan called Totally Completely Fine. <gasps> I'm not making... Okay, is this so, the one your husband? What, he's one of the directors. What? On, so my, <laughs> People know. are going to think we've set this up. I know. Up. I swear to God. I swear to God. We haven't set this up. No. Yeah. Uh, are you telling me there's a show that your husband is He's one of in? the directors. Oh. Yes. This is great. There's two directors. Tell me, I'm making a note. Okay. People totally. Can I I'll pitch think it. No. We have not. We've not. We have not. We've got no money from Stan. No. We have not. And he certainly didn't tell me to do this, but it was just everything that you were saying. I'm not sure about the disability representation. That could be wrong. 
But um, I've Tell only me. seen the pilot episode. So what's it called? Totally, completely, totally, fine. completely fine. It stars. What are the chances? Thomas and Mackenzie. Okay. Who was the star of Jojo Rabbit, New Zealand actress. Right. Yes. Uh, and also Devin Terrell, who played Barack Obama, young Barack Obama. Amazing. Hot. Yep. Anyway, um, the story is about a very dysfunctional family and a, and a young woman who is, you know, basically all over the place. Her grandfather dies and leaves her this clifftop house. Shut up. So she's getting a house. She's getting a house, which seems over. fantastic. <laughs> The house. No, the house remember. No, falling down. No, here's the thing. Okay. The house. Yes. Haunted. Is, no. Uh, it's a. It's like extra points if there's a mystical element. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's in an area that attracts an enormous number of jumpers. I'm Anna from number ten. Can we come in? Uh, now's not the best. So impressive what you've taken on. Sorry. What? I mean the suicidal people. Mum, I don't think she realises. People come here to... Yeah, it's been that way for a while. Walt got at least one a week. Please don't! Why not? Well, this, this is my new backyard! <laughs> this is a comedy. It's still a comedy. Anyway. Big mistake. <laughs> Big. Huge. <laughs> no! Wait! And so, really, what the grandfather has done... Because he, she finds out when she gets to the house. He, he, he was known oh. for his incredible ability to to be able to speak to people and, and engage them, them and bring them back. Okay. Yes, and it's based on a real person, the Angel of the Gap in oh, Sydney. Yes, the and yes, Angel of the Gap. That's yes. There's no ghosts. Uh, no, I haven't oh. seen them. I haven't seen them so far. But it's about you know, it's about her relationship with her family, and there is a strong gay storyline that I think you'll oh. thoroughly. Uh, so does she have to take the spot of? Talking. Yes, yeah, she oh. has to take, she has to learn. And in doing that, in trying to heal all these other people, she she's kind of is able to healing heal her own life. There's good music. Thomason's amazing. I'd be interested. That's my best recommendation. But Do I have trigger any warning to everyone, there are yeah. ideologies of self-harm and yes, perhaps people shouldn't watch it if they're in precarious mental states. Or perhaps, it depends how you're feeling. Well, just know that it deals it's with... It's a theme. Suicide, yes, yeah. obviously. But, um... But mostly, I didn't it's... know there was a person that was really good at talking people off. That this was a real mm. life. Oh. Yeah, Angel of the Gap. He was oh a God. Sydney legend. But no musical, no ghosts. Okay, I give don't. A chance. I'll I give don't a chance. believe there's ghosts. Have you watched Ghosts on the ABC? No. Uh, it's a BBC show. It's a British show. <gasps> Kylie Minogue just did the Christmas special. It, it's like four seasons now. It's a traditional sitcom, coupled okay. by an old English manor house, and it turns out there's ghosts from all these various uh, oh. eras. Love a ghost. Yeah, okay. so you could you could have a crack right. at that. It's very comforting. Totally, completely fine though. What uh, what episode did Adrian direct? Four. So all coming out at once or one at a time? All coming out at once. <gasps> How exciting! <laughs> I can't believe that happened. It just looks too sus. I feel dirty, but we did nothing wrong. No, we didn't. Genuinely not. I'm also what I'm still loving the circus, but that's not not I love stressful. The circus. No, no, the circus is fine, but it's political documentary commentary. Mm. Like, I have it on in the background. For me, the circus is like a podcast, but I need something that's going to distract me from the immense shit going down in my life currently. So, And it's all fine and it's going to be fine, but i got a lot on my mind of real-life stuff, so I just want to escape. Maybe something where people race close to a cliff and consider jumping off is not good for you. No, maybe not. But in general. <laughs> and does call for the fact that I need to make my own TV show because generally I like to make things that I need. So. Yeah. Coming to a television screen near you, the amazing musical. <laughs> it's a warm, sassy, musical hug of a television Haunted. show. With ghosts. And gays. Musical ghosts. <laughs> Gay musical ghosts. You should make a show where someone buys a house and there's like, there's the ghosts of dead pop stars. You know what? I should. And if only... <laughs> 
fuck, if only I knew someone. And, God, this is, just stay with me here. If only I had a lifelong friend who was arguably the most influential person in television. Fuck, God, that would be so handy. If only I had that person. I'll just keep an eye out for them. If only, fucking hell. All right, bye. Goodbye. This is Emsolation. All right, that's it from us this week. Have a wonderful week ahead. And I just want to encourage you to become a deeper member of the Emsolation community if you want to. You can become a patron. You could shout the team a coffee, which is always a lovely thing. Um, You could be a pen pal. Make sure you're following us on Instagram or all our lovely videos go up. You can join the Facebook group. It's a fantastic community that I'm super proud of, that support each other, that make suggestions. There are in real life meetups going on with Emsolators. They're going to shows together. Speaking of shows, I am performing at the K-Hole this Saturday night at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Ruben K show at the Forum. I know it's close to sold out. It's happening this Saturday night, 22nd of April. You can get your tickets at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival the Melbourne International Comedy Festival website. Just look up K-Hole. What a great thing for your Google search history, hey? I'll see some of you there, I think, already on Saturday night. Otherwise, we'll chat soon. Look after yourselves. Bye. M Salation with M Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M Rossiano with Michael Lucas and sometimes her eldest daughter, Marcella. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M Rossiano. Edited by Ezekiel Fenn. With videos by James Henderson. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jem Evans, plus cameos from M's dad. Vinci. Get the full Emsolation experience by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators at the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you really want to help us out, you could become a patron of Emsolation. Share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by actually hitting the follow button. As always, thanks for listening. And we're excited to chat with you again soon. Was that long enough? Hi, gay.